Hello everybody and welcome back to the Local Feed Show. My name is Akila and today Azura sits down with Nurul from the Cadet Project. The Cadet Project is a non-profit ground-up initiative which aims to create a sustainable economic impact by providing minority women with awareness and access to the tech industry. On this episode, we talked about the importance of having minority women in tech, creating a sustainable and welcoming community for underrepresented women in technology for long-term success, Singapore's Women's Only Hackathon and other community-building events, and the why behind this project. Before we get to it, if you want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. Share an episode with your friends and make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes. So, without further ado, remember, be bold and stay inspired. Here is Nurul Hussain. Hello Nurul, thank you so much for being here. I mean, at the local official, taking the time to actually sit down and kind of share your journey with us. Okay, um, if you could share with us um, what do you do and your name and everything else, and then yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm Nurul Jihada, I run the Kodak Project. I'm the founder of the Kodak Project, which is trying to get more minority and Muslim women into technology. So we've been around since December 2015. And what we're trying to do is really along three main pillars. So the first pillar is around storytelling. So storytelling is really for us about reclaiming a lot of narratives of success. Mm -hmm. So we do see a lot of narratives of success that are out there in traditional media and social media. But most of these narratives really portray women, especially, and minority Muslim women, and our ideas of success in one specific way. Or even worse, there aren't any representations of minority and Muslim women. So it's about us really creating a lot of alternative narratives and narratives that we believe should be talked about and representing and presenting them on platforms both online and offline. Mm -hmm. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar is about community creation and that's about creating a sustainable, a supportive, a welcoming environment where women can explore and excel in tech. Mm -hmm. So for us, success in tech is a long-term thing and we believe in really building a community that's for that. So it's about really having a space where people can feel like, yeah, I want to learn UX, I want to learn coding, I want to learn design, or I have this business idea, how do I take it forward? And building that up and really creating a system and a way in which they can grow together. And the third pillar is on skills building. And that's a bit easier to explain. So that's really having a space where women can learn skills. And when we talk about tech, it's everything from UX to design to social media content creation to con like to coding and development. So to us, anything that you do really on your phone is still technology. Mm -hmm. the, thing the things that you do to create that phone, a lot of times, yes, that is still technology. So we're looking at everything to do with tech. And it also includes things like we run Singapore's only women's hackathon. We do workshops, we do classes, we do networking events, and we're just trying to be a part of people's journeys to better success. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how did this come about for you? I mean, I'm sure this is not your full-time gig, right? This is yeah. your, your side hustle in that yeah. sense, right? So what kind of like um, initiated this uh, movement yeah. in a sense, right? If you could share with us a bit about that. So I had the opportunity to pitch for a social impact idea with Mandaki. Mm -hmm. so, the original idea of the Kodak project was something that was quite different. And it was the idea that we take in women 
and we, after six months, they would go back out into the tech industry as fully-fledged like web developers or people with a technical background and they'd get hired. But once... So this was like in December... in 2015. And once we actually had the a little bit of seed money from Mendaki, we started to think about this in a larger, a larger scale. So mm-hmm. it was just me by myself for six months. Then I built an initial team of six. And we were like, let's ask people, do they want to do this? How do we build this six-month like boot camp or something? And what happened is that actually we realized people don't always just want that. Mm-hmm. What we had forgotten in this process, and what I had forgotten in this process, is that when you're thinking about projects for a community, you need to ask the community what is it that they want. So I was really fundamentally very wrong about my ideas about what was necessary in tech. But when we went out and we talked to women, women were like, you know, this is a great idea, but maybe if I've just left university or I've left poly, like if I'm at a position in my life where I want to switch, but I'm pretty happy where I am and I know where I want to go. So this was the thing that we kept hearing from women over and over again. Women knew where they wanted to go, mm-hmm. whether it was what skills they specifically want to learn or what kind of companies they wanted to go to or what um, what kinds of jobs they wanted to go to or what did they need to get to the next level in their job. Okay. So for us, it was that we have to respect the women in our community, respect their decisions and their ability to decide for themselves what success looks like for them. Mm-hmm. So it's to support that. So then we really reconfigured what Codet was and thought about it a lot deeper, tried a lot of different things and just ran with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we ran our first ever photo exhibition, which is called Success Looks Like This. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so that means it's, the, it's a perception of people, as in, if they, you mentioned the success looks like this, right? So, how do people perceive, or is you're trying to change the mindset of how people actually perceive success? What, how, no, okay, so, so I think... <clears throat> So I think that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think that for us, it's quite clear that there are people whose minds will not be changed. Okay. And that's really not our job to change people's minds. Because whether you believe that everyone deserves success or not, mm-hmm. that's not a logical flaw. That's a moral failing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you don't believe that's true, then the moral failing is that you don't believe that people are equal. So that's okay. different. Like, we're not dealing with yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's true, okay. So for us, it's actually about telling women, especially women in the community, people in the community, that success looks like you. Success looks like this. Mm-hmm. And that we deserve an equal amount of success as compared to any other person. Mm-hmm. So it's about building that for ourselves. Okay. And I think that's important for us. So when we have the photo exhibition, it's reimagining the tech, the tech world. So mm-hmm. like, if you are creating something, if you're um, conceptualizing things, if you're in a meeting, you're doing a presentation, what does that look like if we put minority and Muslim women at the center of these economies, at the center of these companies, to take pictures of that, make them stock pictures, and create an exhibition out of it, so that A, if you're a company anywhere in the world, and you want to feature like, a women at the workplace, you can use our pictures. If you're a company anywhere in the world that just wants to do a, a, an article about tech, you can use those pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's, tell, it's giving people no excuses to not have representation mm-hmm. and showing also what we believe success should look like. And when people say that, that you know, you come from like a, like a if, if there's a company and they say that it's diverse and stuff like that, but what does diversity mean? Okay. Yeah. What does diversity mean in that sense? Because anyone can say, "Oh, we've got a very diverse, diverse company or diverse 
startup organization or diverse group. So what does diverse mean in this day and age? I mean, you know. So, okay, there are a lot of different definitions of diversity mm-hmm. and I'm not going to give you a definition. Mm-hmm. But I think what is important is to really think about not diversity as a as a, a moment in time. Mm-hmm. So diversity is not like we're a company that is diverse now. Mm-hmm. But it's looking at how are you working in diversity? How are you ensuring that there's diversity at every single level and from every single angle? Okay. So diversity and inclusion is the other set. So when you have diversity and inclusion, it's saying that we're not just diverse, we are inclusive. Mm-hmm. And that means really to kind of go to another level of it, saying that, for example, like a very easy aspect of inclusion is do you work in an environment where people who use wheelchairs have access to the same facilities as anyone else. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's very clear. People like understand that, like, okay, you know, I understand what that means. Okay. But if you look at backgrounds and things like that, it's also, it's also pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You're saying, look, do you have the ability to say that at every single level, you're respecting people as people mm-hmm. for what they bring to the company, the talents that they have, the skills that they have, the ability that they have to give them the opportunity to excel so that your company is diverse and inclusive. Okay. So that if you're a woman who is pregnant, you have the same ability to rise through the ranks. Mm-hmm. So that if you're a woman who is a minority, if you're a woman that looks different from every single page in your HR magazine, right? <laughs> like, that woman is going to have the same kinds of opportunities for success. Mm-hmm. Like, equal and alike are two very different concepts. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you could elaborate a bit more. So, what equality... So <clears throat> When you treat people, when, you, when people say like, okay, we're, there's equal and alike. Alike is to basically treat everyone in the same way, mm-hmm. no matter where they're coming from. Okay. But equal is to make sure that everyone is able to perform at an equal level. Okay. How do you make sure that certain things are done in, the, in, in a way that allows everyone an equal opportunity for success? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really like providing more structures in order to enable that success. And that's not a failing of the individual or that community, but that's really a question of how do you create environments where an individual's talents are being being developed Mm -hmm. to the level in which other communities' talents are. And it's really the question of we know that every single community has the same distribution of skills, talents, and intelligence. Mm-hmm. But that gap in success is a gap of access and opportunity. It's not a gap in talent. Okay. We need to fix that. Okay. Yeah. Why do you feel strongly about this? As in, what? Yeah. why do you feel... I mean, from, from the conversation that we have just a few minutes in, right? You feel so passionate and... Yeah. I don't know if I feel particularly strongly about this as compared to something else. Because I feel like this is... To me, this is... Something that is pretty basic. Okay. It's something that should be understood as truth by most people. Mm-hmm. It's like saying climate change is happening. Mm-hmm. So but still people don't believe it. I mean, you know, that's a problem, but that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that that's a different that's different. I think I feel so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Partly because even just through the process of leading the Cadet project and founding it and finding the community that we have right now. We have so many women who are just insanely amazing. Mm-hmm. And that number just keeps growing. Every time we do an event, every time we meet more women, we're like, wow. And that 
just makes you feel like every single woman needs every single woman in our community deserves success mm -hmm. however we define success mm -hmm. that definition of success is a definition that is valid when we ran uh, like Singapore's first women's hackathon right like we were a bit worried like will people want to go stuff like that every single year we've done it the last two years yeah. we've been oversubscribed <coughs> we sell out in two weeks women come and the ages are like 9 to 48 okay we have like mother-daughter groups and that really proves the point that women are interested in tech mm -hmm. women are willing to go to tech but are people structuring traditional structures in tech to welcome women? No. So okay. then you create barriers to access. You create barriers to entry. And that's a waste. Okay, but why do you think so though? As in, why do you think that there is like they don't they don't ensure they don't give the, uh, the equal opportunity to women or girls? Okay, so if you just take hackathons <coughs> as an example, mm -hmm. right? So how hackathons can be structured and have been structured in the past is that it could be a uh, 30-hour, 48-hour hackathon over a weekend. Mm -hmm. You don't go home. You stay there. You ideate the whole time. You basically work through the night. Sometimes it's like pizza and beer the whole night. And what that does is that it kind of says that the structure of this is a neutral structure because this has always been done this way. Mm -hmm. But neutral is very different from... Uh, neutral is not a moral value. Okay. Neutral is just the way that things have always been done. Yeah. And normal is not neutral. Mm -hmm. So the way that things have been done, the way that it's done normally, is not neutral. Because it excludes, for example, people who are carers. You have to go back and like make sure your your family, your kids, your parents are right. You have you have to go back and sleep. It um it denies access to women who, for example, might be breastfeeding, mm -hmm. who might have small kids. It denies access to women who might have a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. in just like staying over somewhere where they've never been before. Um, if you don't have enough like healthy food, you don't have structures to make sure that people are interacting in a healthy way, then that's not creating an inclusive environment. That's, that's just replicating environments that have been happening before. Mm -hmm. So every event that we've done really, really destroys this, this kind of misconception that women are not interested in tech because we've proven that they are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that means it's the system. Right, that it has been set and is continuing to set, and you're trying to kind of break that barrier in that sense because, you, you know, in order yeah. for you to kind of like do things differently to include, I mean, it's it's supposed to be an inclusive community, right? Not an exclusive community. So this suppose is different. So okay. we're not interested in really how people perceive us, okay. or we're not interested in like, we're not we're not interested in in that part. We're like what we're doing is really focused on. Measuring impact on the women that are in our community, community, okay. and that's really saying when people come to our events, are they succeeding? And it's like yes. Okay. How do we create environments for them to succeed? And it's like yes. And once that's been proven, right, then the onus is really on other organizations mm -hmm. to okay. say, like, stop complaining that you're not getting enough women. Mm -hmm. Think about what you're doing wrong, because then it's your fault. Okay. It's not like why aren't women going? The onus is not on women. Mm -hmm. The onus is really on you. Okay. You are the people that are creating these structures. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. Okay. Yeah. So is that a tough battle to kind of like... Because if you think about it as in the industry of like uh, tech and stuff, right? It's so massive, right? And you say the onus is on them. In, in a way, you kind of like got to go against the grain, right? You got to keep on... Because it's... it's you, you know what I mean? As in, you... <laughs> so it's because, not... No, so because, I think it's a misconception here. Because I think you're really kind of... Presenting it as like there are two forces that are battling mm -hmm. and then there's me and then there's tech industry. But no, it I mean, isn't that way. So okay. there's no like 
So I don't see it as that. Like we've gotten a lot of support from people in tech in, in the tech industry. Okay, that's good. So there's a huge demand for it. Because at the end of the day, really, it's talent. Mm-hmm. It's human talent and human resources. Okay. And the waste of human resources is one of like the most wasteful things that you can ever do. Mm-hmm. Right? So what we are doing is just honestly we're starting out, we're looking at our community, we're like that we are trying to support the women here and the fact that we have been doing it in a lot of different ways and the, uh, the, the kind of growth that we are seeing and that we have seen just really shows the value that people understand. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not trying to convince people that what we do has value. Okay. I think that's the thing, that it's not a battle mm-hmm. because I'm not fighting with people. You're trying to compliment? There's no, there's, what, there's what? no other. Okay. I'm not looking at anyone else when I'm doing the Kodak project. Okay. It's just, what are we doing? Okay. We're working in collaboration with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And people that we're not in collaboration with, like, there's no reason for us not like to... If people don't believe in what we're doing, mm-hmm. there's just no reason for them to be working with us. And there's no reason for us to want to chase that. Mm-hmm. It's not a battle, it's just irrelevant. If you can't see that valuing... Minority and Muslim women mm-hmm. is important. Then why should I be speaking to you? Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. it's not the job of <clears throat> minority or at-risk communities mm-hmm. to convince other communities of their inherent value. Mm-hmm. Like that is not the burden, mm-hmm. and that should not be the burden. Like Thank what you. we're doing is we're just really saying like, like people come to us like are insane. They're amazing. How do we get them even more amazing? Mm-hmm. How do we show people like this? Like this is cool. Like everything that we've done has come really ground up. The support that we've got, like Facebook, the Awesome Foundation. We've done events with like Google, with Accenture, and people have come and people have been like, "Wow, this is cool." Like mentors have come and they've been like, "Wow, this is cool." And I I love that process. Okay. And people saying yes, but even more than that, I love the process of seeing the people in our community succeed over and over again because they deserve that. Mm-hmm. Every single success is more than well deserved. Okay. So I think for us, collaboration is extremely important because collaboration brings about the skills that you don't have in the team. It brings about funding. So f- we are fundamentally not financially sustainable. Okay. So no one in the team gets paid. Okay, my interns get paid. So I only do paid internships because it's important for me that interns get paid. To pay interns. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. yeah, if anybody wants to be an intern, you get paid. Um, <laughs> For now, until funding runs out. Okay. Um, but none of the team gets paid. So I have 13 members of the team at this moment. Everyone has a full-time job, including myself. Okay. And everyone does this as a volunteer. Okay. We're structured as a non-profit. So that means the profits don't go back to individuals anyway. It goes back to the Kodak project. So we don't have profits anyway. Like Fundamentally, we are loss-making. Okay. But the reason for that really is the way that we are thinking about social enterprises or a lot of these organizations, we have to think about are they actually redistributive in a way that makes sense. So when we're talking about the Kodak project, why would I ask members of our community to pay for classes and events that I believe they should have access to in the first place? Mm -hmm. We work on a commitment fee model, which is that people pay $10 and then when they come, it gets refunded. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that honestly, before this, we had 40% dropout rate. So with commitment fee, it's $10. And that... Uh, and you know dropout rate is like 10% so that's great Um, so the way that we really think about it is that it's okay if we're not financially sustainable Mm -hmm. because that shouldn't be the measure of how good a project is or the impact that it has Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of KPIs because we're really looking at long term impact Mm -hmm. 
And to be honest, the fact that we are structured in a way where no one gets paid gives us a lot of flexibility. So then the team members grow as well over time in the cadet project according to like what stage of the lives they're at. And I'm very comfortable with that. We could shut down tomorrow and it would be alright because like no one's out of a job. We've done things, you know, I think... I'll say you're paid internships. Yeah. My internships. Well, I'll pay them until the end of the internship. So okay. yeah. Okay. No, no, we have enough money to pay interns. Okay. Until the end of the internship, don't worry, interns. <laughs> like, I set aside that money, funding just for you. For you. Just for you. Facebook gave us specific, you know, money that we set aside for you. Don't worry. I have an Excel sheet. Okay. I so think that if we do figure out a way to be financially sustainable without um, negatively affecting the the demand for for classes and workshops and events mm-hmm. from our community then yes we would do that okay. so i'm not saying it's never going to happen i'm just saying that what's more important to us is that we are aligned with the values that we have and that's really at every level so for example even when we have vendors for food um, or for like anything it's really minority muslim women owned businesses that we'd like to approach first mm-hmm. And that's really just giving people more of an encouragement for success as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just alignment, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, has anyone actually said that, why are you being so exclusive? Yeah. But there's a mm-hmm. misunderstanding about what exclusive means. Mm-hmm. I think, like, for us, we've never had an event where we've turned people away. We've never had a, any, anybody, you know, we've never had an event where we said, like, no, you can't come. The only thing that we do is... The hackathon is women only, so only women attend. But women from any background, any age. Uh, we had a woman that came from Malaysia, so it's any nationality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any residency, anything. So because we are so focused on diversity, that makes us more inclusive. So the argument that diversity makes you less inclusive is, I think, an argument that's made by people that don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, like, people that have support, like, a lot of our supporters, we did a, we did a fundraiser, and a lot of the, the top supporters, in terms of the amount of money that people gave, were people who are not from the community, and that's really, that's very, very intersectional, yeah. in the way that they've said, you know, it's not something that, that is part of what we do, but we believe in it, and we support you, and that's important to have as well, that understanding that, like, even though this cause might not be for you, it's still a cause that you should support. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation I think we should have a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you mentioned the success looks like this. Is it success looks yeah, like success this? Yes, success looks like this. Okay. Um, drink, sorry. It's okay, good for it. Does it have to do with confidence, as in for the minority, like for example, the minority women, um, minority Muslim women, right? Does it have to do with confidence in the sense that, you know, sometimes, first of all, um, a woman, and then, you know, being a minority and all that, that, does that sometimes not give them the confidence that they believe that they can do something? Is it very important to have that confidence to kind of step up and all that? I think it's a bit different. I think okay. really the issue behind the lack of visual representation is the idea of... So there's this, there's this concept called symbolic annihilation, which is that if you don't see yourself represented in media, represented things around you in a positive way, then... It's hard for you to conceive of yourself consistently as being part of those stories. Mm-hmm. So it's not... When we're doing these things, right, we're not going to minority Muslim women and saying, be more confident. Mm-hmm. Because that is not at all what we're saying. Okay. We're saying, like, 
when we do these things, right, we're, it's never, to us, it's not our community that's problematic. It's not our community that's at fault. It's not our community that needs to do more or do better. Like, if you just think about this lie, that's like, if you work hard enough, you'll be successful. Every machi is going to be successful because every machi I know works damn hard. Like, we need to be very clear about what we're talking about when, when we talk about this. So, when we're talking about what success looks like, is that we're telling people that representations of success should include you. Mm-hmm. It should. But the onus of that is not on you. Mm-hmm. It's on those represent- representations of success. Okay. So, we're saying to people now that there is no excuse for you not to include diverse representations of success in your narratives. Okay. So, that's... I think really, like, as minority women, we need to really shift our lens away from this perpetual perception that we need to go back to our communities and be like, be more confident, learn more coding, do more this. Like, the problem is not our community. Uh And we have to start from there. Okay. I mean, if someone were to kind of like, you know, approach you and say that, you know, I want to do something. Yeah. What are my next steps? Yeah. What, I mean, what would you advise them? What would you no, that, that happens quite a lot. Sometimes we get like messages. Yeah, so, I mean, it depends on what you want to do, right? Yeah. So, so asking me in general. No, yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, because sometimes some people, okay, I mean, some people would just want to kind of like have the, like, you know, just go for it or, you know, whether it's skills, uh, skills that they want to learn or whether, you know, they want to have this, this you know, there's this support system in a sense, like, just yeah. go for it. You know, you can do it and stuff like that. So, so it's very different, no? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, think yeah, really, sure. like, I don't believe in advice that's not contextual. Okay. So I think it's really that like, if someone comes to me and says, what should I do? Then my question is like, what do you need? Okay. And I think that has to be the first the first step. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're making a decision, what are, not just the pros and cons, but what are like, your priorities? Mm-hmm. It's very different. Like, for example, if someone comes to me and they're like, um, I want to quit my job and launch a business. Mm-hmm. It's very different if they're uh, a like twenty two year old student, mm-hmm. or if they're like a forty two year old like mom of three, yeah. and uh, it's just what stage of life are you at? How much risk can you take? Mm-hmm. Like how much like financial liquidity do you have? For example, to be honest, like I'm not saying one or the other is better. Yeah. The mom of three, like might have enough financial liquidity and stability to be a lot more successful mm-hmm. than a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the student might have a lot more time, for example. So yeah. it's really about asking people. Yeah. Asking people what do you need? Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really very curious, as in because you're not in tech, right? No. Why why do you why do you start why this? Tech? Yeah, why do okay, you start Okay, so that's this? a okay. good question. Yeah. I think for me it's really looking at tech as being there's no so when you talk about the tech industry, people look at people think, oh like Google or like Apple. But Actually, tech is in every industry. There's no industry that's not tech-based at the moment. And what that means is that tech is the, it's, it's the flattest playing field. It's the most level playing field. Okay. Lowest barriers to entry. If you've got the skills, if you have something you're interested in, it's a lot easier to get in as okay. compared to perhaps a more professional field. Like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor, then mm-hmm. actually you do four to six years, you do a certain level of trainings, mm-hmm. there's a very clear amount of like funding that has to go into that. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit more difficult. I think it's very worthwhile, but it's a bit more difficult. But at tech, at whatever stage you're at, whatever industry you're interested in, whatever age you are, there's something else that you could do to get to the success that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're going for. Okay. 
Yeah, being forward. You you always have all the like oh, like <laughs> some bites. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> okay. Um, has it been hard for you, as in trying to kind of like push this project as a woman, for women, for example? Has it been hard to kind of pitch this? Are there naysayers? Oh, when we started, like, people were... Can I swear? Um, no, I can't swear. <laughs> you um, can't. I mean, you can if you want. Oh, but when we started, people were saying, like, a lot of, like... People were saying really stupid things to us. Like, are you sure this is what Muslim women want? Are you sure that the people who are interested in this? Or, like, you know, why can't you do this, 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 this? But it really came from the point of view of people just literally not respecting this community enough mm -hmm. to go back and say, okay, what are the questions here? What are the things that we can do for success? But like a lot of the women that we talked to, especially minority Muslim women, were like, yes, this is great. Like, how can I be part of this? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And that's been very consistent. So I think it has definitely not always been easy. There's been a lot of like questions, a lot of like, like things that like me and the team have struggled with, but because at the end of the day, what we keep in mind is that our measure of success is very clear. It's one woman. One woman comes to our event and it's a success. Because that woman comes and she's basically saying, this event is something I believe in. It's something I think will make me more successful. Something I want to learn. And she'll go back and she'll take that knowledge and it goes to her family, her friends, goes to her community, the people around her. So that amplifies success. Mm -hmm. And... If we are just stuck at looking at like year-on-year -year growth or um, looking at like number of likes on social media, yeah. for example, um, that's quite damaging. Mm -hmm. But really, we're looking at the individual. What is the impact? We want to track more. We definitely want to have more data, but we don't want to lose sight of the end goal, which is that every person that comes to that event has to leave with the belief and the understanding and the knowledge that, yes, I can be as successful as I can. I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna cry, but I shouldn't cry. Yeah, you make the mic wet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, how can we support you? Yes. Uh, your collect project and yes. Facebook. It's, a, it's just the collect project. Yes. So on Facebook, it's the collect project. We have our own website, Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube channel as well. Just like us on social media. One of the things we'd like to get to is that if we hit ten thousand on Instagram, then we have access to a lot more. Like features and things like that, like the stuff so feature. Yeah. So these are things that we do really want and would appreciate. But like, just kind of get to know us. There's no demands on people. Like, I love you guys. So be happy. Yeah, she's gorgeous. But check us out. Instagram. Follow us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking your time. Thank you. Appreciate it.